This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 21st of October. In your Squiz today, Liz Truss is out. Another wet and wild weekend. A senior Greens senator steps down and counting down to midnights. This is your Squiz today. Claire, after 45 tumultuous days in office, UK Prime Minister Liz Truss has resigned, which will make her one of the shortest serving PMs in British history when she's replaced next week. It's been quite a ride, hasn't it? (laughs) It really has. Uh, And what Truss said when she fronted the media overnight is that she blamed the situation uh, of great economic and international stability. Uh, Of course, she says that's the period after COVID uh, and the war in Ukraine. But given the agenda she was selected on, which was heavy on cutting taxes, she says that she recognises that she can't deliver that. Uh, But her colleagues say that it's much more than that. Uh, Earlier this week, she became the least popular Prime Minister in the history of polling. Uh, And this week, there was out-and-out dissent amongst her senior colleagues. So it seems that things have really spiralled very quickly. As mentioned, Truss's successor will be elected next week in a process that will see two candidates put to party members, unless there is just one candidate for the leadership. But we won't see another drawn-out selection process with multiple rounds like we did when she came to power. This time it's going to be more straightforward. Yeah, it will be, but there's no sense of who those candidates will be yet. Uh, So far, none of the candidates that ran against Truss after Boris Johnson was turfed out of office have has said whether they're going to have another go, uh, except for the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, who has ruled himself out. Uh, However, there are two men who are being talked about a lot already. That's former Prime Minister Johnson uh, and also Truss's main competitor in that last round, uh, former Chancellor Rishi Sunak. The Conservatives have been in power for the last 12 years and the next general election is not due to take place until at least January 2025. But after what can only be described as an extraordinary year for the UK government, it's entirely plausible that they could be forced into having one sooner if Truss's replacement can't get the House in order. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Claire, I know I sound like a broken record, but it looks like there will be no relief for flooded areas this weekend, especially on the Victoria-New South Wales border, where the Murray River near Echuca and Moama is expected to see the worst flood event in more than 150 years in the coming days. Yeah, it's an incredible community effort that's gone into protecting those towns uh, and we'll see soon enough how effective that hard work has been. Uh, But it's not just about Echuca and Moama. There are more than 100 flood and emergency warnings in New South Wales and Victoria at the moment with communities either evacuated or on alert. Uh, And this weekend there are alerts across many areas of eastern Australia. The Bureau of Meteorology has backed down on its rebrand, so we can call it the bomb. 
The bomb is predicting heavy rain for northern Queensland, large parts of New South Wales, northern Victoria and eastern South Australia. So if you're in any of those areas, please stay safe, squizzers. It's been a week, Claire, since Medibank revealed it had been targeted in a cyber attack. But it was only yesterday that the private health insurer admitted that the personal data of some of its customers, including names, addresses, Medicare numbers and phone numbers, have been stolen. Yeah, as you say, there's plenty of questions about that timeline. Uh, But it was only on Wednesday that a criminal group claimed that it had stolen one million customers' records. And then yesterday, Medibank confirmed that that was the case, but it didn't say how many members were affected. Uh, There were a few questions about the delay uh, and also what information has been breached. But what Medibank says uh, is that it will be reaching out to affected customers and that it's working with government agencies about the data hack. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill says the series of recent cyber attacks are a, quote, huge wake-up call that give the government a strong mandate to toughen Australia's laws. Claire, you and Kate released a fab squeeze shortcut on all this data hacking business recently, so I'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. Claire, returning to the topic of political resignations, yesterday also saw Green Senator Lydia Thorpe resign as the party's deputy leader in the Senate after reports broke that she'd briefly dated bikey boss Dean Martin in early 2021. He's a former president of an outlaw motorcycle gang, uh, but he hasn't been convicted of any crimes. But it's still a problem for Thorpe because she was on a Senate committee uh, that was dealing with confidential information on bikey gangs and organised crime uh, when the two were seeing each other. Greens leader Adam Bant says that he found out about the relationship yesterday and told her to resign from that leadership position. Uh, And for her part, Thorpe said that she admits that she's made some mistakes. So Thorpe is off the party's leadership team, but she will retain her portfolio spokesperson roles. And the coalition would like to see her stripped of those two. Yesterday, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said the Greens needed to explain why Bant didn't know about the relationship and sought reassurance that she didn't disclose any of that sensitive information to Martin. Claire, if you have any Swifties in your life, you can forget about getting any sense out of them after 3pm today because after a week of serious hype, Taylor Swift's new album Midnight's will finally drop. Yep, we have plenty of Swifties in our lives. I'm thinking of Kate and Larissa. They're mega fans. Uh, I don't know about getting any sense out of them after three o'clock today. (laughs) We'll have to keep an eye out. Uh, It's a super exciting day for them. It's Swift's 10th album. Uh, It's a 13-track album, and she says that it's the stories of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life, Uh, hence the title Midnights. Uh, As you say, lots of hype about it, particularly on social media, uh, where there's just been this drip feed of anticipation, uh, particularly on TikTok. It's really been something to watch. Also, what we know is that her frequent collaborator, Jack Antonoff, is back to produce again. And some surprise cameos have been revealed, including big names like Lana Del Rey and actor slash sometime muso Zoe Kravitz. So it's certainly one to put on this weekend. 
Friday lights, Claire, and you are back on the veggie train. (laughs) The picture really got me in this one. It is a gratin recipe. It's a beetroot and parsnip one, so it's got this really beautiful beetroot colour. It's definitely one to give a try if you want to chuck some meat on the barbecue or some fish or some other veggies to go. Uh, It is really rich, so it's certainly not one for the calorie watchers, (laughs) but it is spectacular. It's um, one to get lots of comments. So if you want bang for your buck on that scale, go for it. Yes, I think lashings of cream might have been the hook for this one. (laughs) There's a fair bit of cream, let's just say that. (laughs) But, you know, parsnips aren't that big in Oz. I am a huge fan having grown up with them, so I'm definitely, definitely keen to try this one, especially while the weather is so miserable. Yeah, exactly right. And if you'd like to try it, I'll pop a link to that recipe in your episode notes. Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Look, still on the netball train, it's really quite exciting. It's the final match of the Constellation Cup, uh, a must-win for the Aussies against the Kiwis. That's on at 6 o'clock Queensland time on Sunday, which, of course, is 7 o'clock in those daylight saving states. I'm going to go for something a little bit different. Saturday is Jeff Goldblum's 70th birthday. I really love his films, especially The Fly. And I have to say he's keeping it pretty tidy for a man his age. (laughs) He's a total babe, so, yeah, a good one. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. (laughs) Oh, no, he's such a character as well. That's what I like about him. Yeah, and a snappy dresser. Love it. That's it from us this week. Have a fantastic weekend wherever you are, and we'll catch you again on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.